Oh, hello friend. Come, join us by the fire. The story's about to begin. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Fireside Dice. It's pretty interesting today. Um, I will go ahead, I'll give the recap, but I will do that after we reintroduce ourselves. I'm Jens, I will be the narrator for this session, and with me are... I'm Emma, and I play Levin, the Merfolk Monk. I am Josh, I play the Dwarf Balfour. I'm Riley, and I play the Human Warlock Surrey. And today, I'm Skylar the Bystander. Ho ho ho. Now, for those of you wondering what's happened to Bart, we're going to have a little snippet of that towards the end of the session. He's not dead outright. He was exploring the castle last time. Because, interestingly enough, Lord Streffenmauer appeared and took care of the dragon that was in our way. But he did so at a price. The group needed to decide as to whether or not they wanted to continue with all four members of their group and lose the dagger that has the connection to Withengar, a large and powerful figure here on the plain of Innistrad, or if they wanted to keep the dagger for themselves and lose Bart in the process. The group elected to have Bart be taken by Lord Streffenmauer, and we got to see a little bit of Mauer estate as well as reach the very doors of the Moon Silver Temple. So let's see what happens as Levin, Surrey, and Baffer explore in this ancient dungeon. I would just add to that. It was Bart's decision, not yeah, the group's it was, decision. Yeah, agreed. Seconded. <laughs> that was all Bart. <laughs> and he had his reasons. I was honestly surprised by this decision, but very pleasantly so. From my perspective, there was no other decision. And from yeah. Bart's point of view, there was no other decision. I wouldn't be able to cast Eldritch Blast anymore. <laughs> also, the idea of Streffen Mauer having access to Withengar is just terrifying. Yeah, that's bad. It is terrifying. So, Levin, Suri, Baffer, mm -hmm. taking a long rest, the three of you... If there are any dreams that are had, then they're not remembered upon waking. But it, what is remembered upon waking is that almost melancholic pang and pain of loss, as Bard is no longer with you. Breakfast is far less delicious, even though there is bacon to be had from Baffer's bedroll, from which his stores are... Not running low, but you can definitely tell that he's chewing through this. And before you lies the Moonsilver Temple, the ancient hold of the Duskin line of vampires and the Dusk Flight of Angels. And Casimir, who ended up taking watch, looks at each of you in turn. Did you sleep well? As well as to be expected. He's in Streffer Mauer's hands. He's beyond our aid. What else is to be done? We carry on and trust that he will be well. We have to do what he's giving us time to do. Well then, we best be off. And with that, he starts leading the way across this valley. Last night, I heard some sounds that suggest that the temple is not entirely abandoned. 
be on your guard. You guys can see that there's that central staircase that leads in, but on either side of where this facade is carved out, there might be another entrance. Would you like to try and look for something else, or do you want to just go straight down the middle? Balfour will take a look around. Okay. So taking a look, it's not anything that requires a roll, but the two of you decide to scout up to either side, and Casimir, I will trust in your discretion. And so, Levin, you go around one side, don't see anything, and Balfour, as you go around the other side, you... You are a dwarf. Your people have mined for centuries. It's one of the things that they're known for. You know an opening when you see it. There's a small crevice that leads into the rock in the direction of interior, the interior of the Moonsilver Temple. You can see that there is light coming from the far side. Can I check to see if this crack was made from the exterior or if it was made from the interior? Like, did someone mine into this, or did someone break out? Or is it just kind of like general wear and tear? I do have, like, some history advantage thing with stonework. Let me see what it is. Stone cunning. Whenever you make an intelligence or history check related to the origin of stonework, you are considered proficient in the history skill and add double your proficiency bonus to the check. Okay. So go ahead, roll that history, and double the bonus for proficiency for it. 19. It seems more like this was a carve in than a carve out, but the difference of that would be fairly minimal. You can tell that this is being used as a passage into an interior room. I just wanted to make sure nothing nasty broke out. Well, the other thing that you can tell as you look at this is that this was very roughly hewn. And as you're taking a deeper look into this, you can hear voices being as quiet as possible i'll walk back around to the group and inform them would you guys care to go in this way or do you want to go in through the main entrance hearing voices does not sound like a good idea how much attention would it draw to open up those main doors doorway you would guess is either heavy where it would need to be opened, or it would be old and rusted, where it would cause noise. Either way that you go in, there's going to be something that notices. Right. I could always cast silence on that main door. As long as there's nothing right inside the doors. Exactly. I mean, we can minimize it as much as we can. But if we, if I do cast silence, how, how wide is this doorway? Is it like an expansive doorway, like grand entrance? Or is it the a little bit doorway more is about 10 feet wide, and if you were Perfect. to guess in terms of like going up 10, 15-ish feet, and then with stonework above it. Yeah, so if I did that, if we used silence with my key, it would do 20 feet past the doorway, 20 feet before the doorway. It would cover the entire doorway itself, too. So even if there were beings, creatures on the other side they wouldn't be able to immediately alert via noise. That's fair. Any spell casting done with your words, though, would be voided if you were in that area. Right. Which does pose issues for Suri. 
Mm. I can I can stand outside of it, or I think that's a concentration, right? I believe yes, Probably. it is. Yeah, so if stuff gets hairy and we happen to not be against other spellcasters. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm, that sounds good to me. Because Eldritch Blast has pretty good range, if I remember, right? It's like yeah. 90 feet. And also, if we used that side entrance, we would be bottlenecking ourselves. Yes. So. Okay, then I... Yeah, let's, let's, let's try that then. Okay. So, Surrey... No, not sorry. Levin. Yes. You, using some of those innate skills that you've picked up over the course of ages, cast silence mm-hmm. and hand gesture to open up the door. At which point, Casimir and Baffer both come forward, big shoulder push into the doors, and with an effort, but without any trace of noise, the doors open. Very well played. Thank you. So, as you go through the doorway, the steps here, it doesn't seem like these doors provided very well, very good insulation, because there are some steps that lead down that seem to be covered in ice. And you can see on either side of the hallway are arrow slits, but there doesn't appear to be any signs of life in any of the rooms that you can see. And after about 30 feet, you can tell that it opens up into a larger chamber. Are these arrow slits that seem to be positioned for shooting from the inside out, or arrow slits that look like they're going to shoot us walking through the hallway? They look to be pointing towards this stairwell. Okay. Are those visible? Were those visible from the outside? No, because the doors were in the way. These arrow slits point into the hallway that you guys are currently just coming into. So there's it, there are rooms on the other side. It's not like they open to the outside. Yep, precisely. Okay. Part of me wants to try and scale a wall and like peek through one of them, but also I don't want to get shot in the face. You know? Mm-hmm. There, there's a struggle, an, in, an internal struggle there. Is there anything on the floor? leading down the staircase or into the hallway? You can see that there's ice, but it doesn't... You can probably find a way to avoid it if you were careful. Is the circumference of the silent spell, does that encompass the steps where the ice is as well? Yeah, more than likely. Balfour's going to kind of like test that by tapping his axe on the stairs and not hearing anything where that is. He's just going to break up all that ice on the stairs with his axe. How long does the silence spell last? It lasts up to ten minutes. Okay. So do we want to be careful taking out every single patch of ice on our way down? Not every single patch. I would feel like just enough to make our path down easier, so we're less likely to Just clear a path. Mm -hmm. And as you get down towards the bottom, still no audible noise. After about four, maybe five minutes, the path is fully cleared down the stairway. Balfour's going to kind of, I mean, we can't talk. Balfour's going to turn to his companions and just kind of gesture, should we go? Balfour will hold his uh, shield out to one of his sides. And if anybody wants, they can kind of cower on the other side if they wish. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'll just cover at least one of his sides and start walk, making his way down the stairs. And yeah. Casimir will take the other side and have his shield up, oh, forming nice. the other part of this wall as the as the four of you lead mm-hmm. your way out into a, a, truly an expansive chamber. I mean, seriously, this thing is like 90, 100 feet wide and probably 150 to 200 feet deep wow. into the mountain. And you can see that you're on a balcony that overlooks kind of the central chamber of the Moon Silver Temple. This would probably be an absolutely amazing place in its heyday. And at either end of the balcony that you guys are on is a set of double doors. And there's one door, a little bit smaller, that's about 40 feet down to your left. At either side of the balcony, is a set of stairs that lead down into the central chamber. And you can tell that there's a broken balcony on the other side that has long since been lost to the ravages of time. What is it we're here for again? It's for one of the things, right? It's one of the ancient artifacts. But we didn't get any clues as to where it was beyond just Moonsilver Temple. Behind a set of Moonsilver doors was all that you heard. Do, does the doorway to, I think, I believe you said it was to our left, about 40 feet down. Does that look moon silvery at all? All of the walls and all of the doors, all of the stonework in here seems to have that metallic sheen marbled throughout. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I was afraid you were going to say. Okay. At this point, we're beyond the silence, right? Yes. Yeah, that's been dropped, so. She'll quietly turn to uh, Suri and Balfour and Casimir, of course. Do we want a chance heading down onto the floor yet, or should we examine maybe the rooms first? How exposed do we want to be? Honestly, I would prefer as little as possible, but sometimes chance, or sometimes you have to take chances. Let's try clearing out these rooms first. All right. Do you guys want to go to the smaller doorway to the left, the big doorway to the left, or the big doorway to the right? Oh, that's a lot more doorways than I remember you saying. Okay. There was sets of double doors on either end. Oh, Staircases down, and the small door to the left. Oh. I I say we start with the small one. Small doorways it is. So, going about 30 feet down. Almost hugging the wall just trying to not be noticed. Who wants to take the lead? What is our marching order throughout this? Put someone with a shield in front, someone with a shield in back. Yeah, Balfour can take the lead with his shield. Okay, and Casimir will take up the rear. Uh, I'll put Levin behind Balfour, and then Suri can hit third, just because you have range with your spells. Yep. So. Okay, that seems wise. So, hugging against the wall, the four of you move in a line just trying to be quiet, trying to not be noticed, in case anything is in here. Because based off of what Casimir has told you from your time traveling up here, this place could be very well overrun by the forces of darkness here on Innistrad. I wonder what the light situation is like in here. I don't have any spells that create light. (laughs) Alpha has dark vision, so it's not affecting him that much. I don't have dark vision. <laughs> so I have the dark vision spell that I can cast. Uh, it would use up 
I could and I could cast it on me and Suri, but it would use up almost all of my key. I say the way if we've got someone leading that has dark vision and someone bringing up the rear that has dark vision, wait until we absolutely need it. Otherwise, doesn't mm-hmm. Suri have dancing lights or is that just Bart? No, I have prestidigitation. Yeah, not quite. I don't think I have. Yeah. We, I've got torches because I've got a Dungeoneer's pack, so if we really wanted to, we could make right. fire. Right. So, the four of you creeping along this wall and being able to see all the way across, that was something that only Balfour and Casimir could have done. Because for the other two of you, all you can see is the faint scintillating, almost like starlight, of glimpses of light catching on the moon silver. And the interior is not nearly as marbled or pure moon silver as the doors outside were. But there's enough here that it's curious. Well, I imagine, regardless, we're still heading to the smaller doorway. Okay. And we are using that torch, correct? I don't know that I want to light it in this space, because it's a lot bigger, and if there's anything out there, they will immediately see the torch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a beacon. As much as anything. Balfour yeah. will have the torch, like, tucked where he can get it if he needs to, but not light it yet. Okay. So, going into that smaller door, you open it up, and there's a very slight amount of noise that you can hear echoes throughout the larger chamber. It's not amazingly loud, but you can hear the slightest of reverberations coming back. And going in, ceiling's about ten feet high, and completely just almost empty rotted wood that if you were to try and put together what was here i would ask for a roll what type of roll um investigation or perception i got a three a ten and an eleven considering the size of this room it would make sense that there would be something else that's in set because you don't see those arrow slits but there's no sign of any doorways leading out of this room other than the one that you came in. And looking at the wood and the way that it's kind of laid out and it's rotted and just completely wasted away form, Balfour and Levin would pick up that these would probably be beds. And Balfour, considering your background, you'd probably have a better idea that this would be some sort of barracks. And there's no doors leading anywhere else? None that anyone is able to find. All right, let's go check the other doorways then. Mm-hmm. Yep, glad we went here. <laughs> so, do you want to go to the near set of double doors, or do you want to go to the far set of double doors? Probably the nearer one, right? Yeah, might as well start close. Here's the other piece. Based off of where that fissure was, if this, if that fissure was coming in from outside... It would be coming towards, if you were to guess, something on the other side of this set of double doors. Okay. The the far one or the one we're thinking of going The near in? one. Okay. So, do we want to open this and possibly engage someone or something? Well, we're trying to clear the detritus out, aren't we? Gonna have to go in this room one way or another at some point. Alright. Then let's do it. Balfour will kick down the door. I would like for everyone to roll for initiative. Oh, you guys called it. Levin, you're first. Okay. 
So Balfour kicks down the door. What can I vaguely see in the room? Currently, there's a bit of light that comes in. It's just enough to be able to see that there are at least three combatants in here. And one of them doesn't appear to be human. What flavor of not human are we talking? Like, are there wings? Quadrupedal? Terrestrial quadruped. Mm, okay. And it appears to be lupin in form. Okay. I'm able to move to, like, just the closest one I can see, right? And just start wailing on them? Yes. Okay. Use the spear two-handed. So, for two attacks. A one. So, which target do you want to go for first? Um, how much of the two humanoids can I see? Are they tall, short, buff, armed? They're currently crouching, and so getting a good gauge as to their full scale is pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. But were you to guess, they're fairly large. Any weapons I can see? Not in the immediate. Alright, yeah, I will just target the nearest. Let's actually, mm, let's go for the wolf. Go in with two-handed spear. Uh, That'll be two attacks, 21 and 23. Whoa! Yes, both of those will hit. Excellent. That's 9 and 11, so 20. And then I will use my bonus action to make an unarmed attack. Okay. So like a nice kick or something. A 19. Which will hit. Okay. For another six bludgeoning. Okay. And it seems like this wolf, completely not expecting to be hit, is very surprised and very much hurt. Excellent. At which point, all of the baddies are very much surprised, but they're like, Everyone, defend the pack! Crap. With that, it goes to Balfour. So Balfour's just going to come straight down on this wolf that uh, Levin has just stabbed and just cleave into it with its with his great axe would you like to get to the point of flanking with levin because you could do that i would love to it does put you next to another combatant but it is that's okay 18 plus 7 to hit that will hit that is a 12 wow (laughs) oh no that's four so that's 16 damage to that It's not even that you get to the point of flanking. You just swing your axe and it goes right by Levin and almost bisects this thing. So that's one combatant taken care of. Now using my great weapon master feat and having reduced a creature to zero hit points, I will now make another melee attack as a bonus action on the next closest target. (laughs) Which you have in range. So Perfect. That is a 12 plus 7, 19 to hit. That will hit. 13 damage. And then, is he still standing? Yes. Hmm, let's change that. <laughs> Balfour has an additional attack on his turn. 12 plus 7 again, 19 to hit. That will hit. 2 plus 4, 6 damage. Still standing, but very much not looking well. That will end Balfour's turn. Okay. With that, Suri, it goes to you. In the light of... Well, actually, hold on. This room is well lit. There are torches all over the walls because the werewolves would need to see. 
Nice. Do werewolves not have dark vision? I feel like dark vision is just given out willy-nilly at this point. Yeah. Well, according to the depiction of the room, there are torches in the walls here. So, Levin, you would have seen that there are more than three combatants, and that, in fact, there are six hairy humans and one wolf that has now been cleaved in two. Uh... Alright, so it's my turn, right? Yes. Okay. Suri's gonna step into the, like, just right inside the doorway of the room like she likes to do. And then she'll take her book and she'll actually, no, she'll she'll just take her hands and she'll look at both the torches on the wall and just pull flames from them onto the ground and cast Wall of Fire on the two enemies that are in a line and basically just cut the room in half with fire. Okay, so where is this line of fire going to be? Is it just past Balfour? Yeah, it's right behind him. Okay, so there will be two combatants on the near side and there will be four combatants on the far side. So which side do you want to have be burning and which side do you want to have be just fine? Uh, let's just go with the back half that none of us are on. <laughs> okay. Calling off from the torches, you pull the flames down and create a wall that spans the entire width of this room. And as you do so, I want you to roll whatever that damage amount was. That's going to be 21. Now, considering that I rolled a natural 1 on that dexterity save... I like to rule that as double damage as a crit in your favor. Oh. And you can hear that two of the human forms on the other side, their screams are completely cut off as they are annihilated by the flames. Dang. And then and then I get those temporary hit points. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Alfred just turns around. Well, how, Suri? Is that you? I, I, I've never, I've never done anything like that before. It, it just felt right. Yeah, it did. That was awesome. So, with that, it goes to Casimir, who is going to come in, and as he goes by, Suri say, "Good job." Thank you. Go just to the, just to the left of Levin. No, just to the right of Levin. Left and right, the most crucial parts of this game, and the things that are most confusing. <laughs> Just to the right of Levin, and is going to attack at what he assumes to be the leader of this Howl Pack, as it would be called. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. I'm not even using the blood dice, and you guys are getting crits. This is amazing. Oh, maximum damage. He's going to... Instead of taking a second attack, he's going to say, kneel, and intimidate, if possible. And with that, you can see that the leader of the Halpak drops to their knees, hands behind their head, and says, As you command, down! You can hear scampering off in the distance, the other two that are left on that far side of the wall of fire, running out of the crack, and the other werewolf kneels down, and is just, please do not kill me. <laughs> Who do you serve? Is the first question that Casimir has, to which this werewolf says, Streffenmauer. Oh, so you're doing a good thing. <clears throat> Balfour will 
complete the swing of his axe that he was hesitating and cease his service to Streffen Mauer. I'm not going to require any rolls at this point because it's very clear that you guys had this very much in hand. I don't think Levin could react enough to stop Balfour from taking care of the leader, but... Well, Balfour's not going to just immediately kill the second one. He's going to ask him who he serves to. As you talk to the... As you ask the underling, they just look over at the pack leader and look back at you. Do you serve Mauer? If I say no, do I get to live? Will you mean it honestly? Not now. Why do you serve Mauer? Looks at the chief. And back to you guys. We're talking to the wrong person. She will turn her attention to the leader. And Balfour kills that person. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you've taken out my pack. What purpose is there left to living? I will ask you the same question. Why do you serve Mauer? He is the ancient. He is the land. If, if we do not do his bidding, he would kill us. Hmm. Do you have any desire to go against him? <laughs> uh, I want to be back in the forest then leave are you going to let me go if you never come back consider me gone and they're going to hesitantly get to one foot and one knee hands still up make their way slowly back through the door and out into the cold they go buffer i want you to roll a perception check and i want you to add double your proficiency bonus to this 22 at some point, as you're just taking a look through here, you notice ever so slightly there's a difference in... There's a vein that should connect to a piece, another section of the wall, but it doesn't directly. It's ever so slightly off. And from this, you go up to it, you press, and it's a secret door. And as you look inside, there's a small room in here, about 10 feet by 20 that you can see tons and tons of little holes carved into the rock on the far side that hold rolls of paper. Go check them out, carefully checking for traps. Roll another perception check. 14. Don't appear to be any traps. As you go through, you can see that these things are scrolls. And on them are written some of the history of the Moon Silver Temple, just as you pull a couple of them out. And a couple of them start listing some of the different demons, devils, and forces of darkness here on Innistrad. So how much time do you want to spend here looking at these? It'd be nice if we could find something on Streffenmauer. Can we take them? I mean, there's nothing keeping them here, is there? How many scrolls are we talking? A couple hundred. So when you say scrolls, do you just mean like pieces of rolled up paper are we talking like nice ones where they have a case and are like protected these ones would have just been open pieces of paper and even as balfour's pulling them out you can see that these things there's nothing magical about them and they need to be handled extremely carefully like the first couple that he goes for crumbled dust in his hands dang it okay i was gonna say i mean if it's just paper we can just Stack those puppies on top of each other, <laughs> shove them in a bag. Um, I can't imagine the angels would be too pleased if we were to take from their uh, temple. 
Is it really their temple anymore? If they cared, I think they would be here. I suppose that's also true. They cared so much that they were destroyed. Levin will hear him say that. You're right, Casimir. I apologize for my lack of respect. I know that this place is very its sacred to you, so. I know that my ancestors would be grateful. I wouldn't mind spending like 20, 30 minutes going through them carefully and just seeing if we can find anything interesting on the power struggle in the valley or Mauer or mm-hmm. anything on vampires that would be helpful. I'd be okay with that. Some sort of tactical advantage? We can we can spend some time here, Balfour. It would be good to find some information and she'll help him look through the scrolls that are here. Okay. So everyone who wants to look through these scrolls, go ahead and roll a history check. 14 for Balfour. That is an unnatural 20 for Levin. Nice. 18. So the three of you all come into this room, bring one of the torches from there, set it in a sconce that's set in the wall. And Casimir, he... You can tell that he's quite emotional about all of this. The first couple that he grabs, his hands are shaking so much that... The papers crumble as he's sitting there openly weeping. And at some point, he just goes out into the hall and says, if you can tell me what you find, I'd be grateful. We can do that. Um, if I recall, Suri, you got the highest yeah. total, correct? Uh, no. No. Okay, what did everyone get one more time? I got an unnatural 20. Okay. 14. 18. So, Buffer, you are being as careful as you can be handling with as much care and as much dexterity. It's pretty difficult for you, though. And so there's not a ton that you get out from these beyond it's... I mean, the main thing that you're doing is handing things off to other people as gently as you can. And even then, it's kind of touch and go. Suri, your father's journal isn't nearly as ancient as any of these, but it still has seen some weathering. And so you know a bit better how to handle these sorts of fragile documents levin you would also know how to handle these sorts of things because as old as you are you might even be older than some of these Mm -hmm. so between the two of you you're able to piece together that the moon silver temple back in its heyday it was considered to be one of the original holy sites here on innistrad and that and especially from you Surrey, you would know that all of these goings-on are not even documented by the Church of Avacyn. This is all pre-Avacyn. There's no mention of her. You hear about the other flights of angels, Flight Alabaster and Flight Gold Knight, being two of the big ones that are mentioned, and how they thought that the Dusk Flight were consorting with darker powers. And some of that power struggle with the other flights of angels how the Dusk Flight was dealing with humans, how they interacted freely among them. It almost seems that after this flight died out is when the Heron Flight took over as the guardians and safekeepers of the fringes of society. Slowly starts to turn darker in the narrative as they start to discover that the Breach, as they call it, keep sending more and more powerful things. In some cases, humans are turning against them. And that 
there is one human in particular, an alchemist by the name of Edgar, who came seeking a way to gain immortality. And they turned him away, claiming to know nothing. But it seems as though Edgar found something else there. What it was, they don't ever say in these scrolls. But not long afterward are mentions of the first vampires here on Innistrada. That is pretty sick, though. An alchemist basically created vampires. What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Human folly. wonder what that would have been, though, that would have done that. Well, considering that you now know the name of the sire of vampires, Edgar. If you're able to find his original writings, he might divulge that secret in there. So, having found out this information, what do you guys want to do next? There's nothing else in here besides the scrolls. Nothing of note. If you guys are done here, we could go check out that other door. Yeah. That would be wise. Um... As, as they exit the room, I, I'm assuming Casimir's there by the door waiting for us to come out, right? Yes. When she sees him, she'll walk up and recount what they found for him to record and keep. And she'll say, there was more, but you, you saw it. It just crumbled to dust in our hands. Imagine the knowledge that's been lost. Remember the knowledge that has been saved. Is a very good way of thinking of it. So, shall we continue? He says, wiping the tears from his face. Um, with that, Suri will uh, walk up to him and she'll pull out the biblical text uh, she got from Bart's house and say, uh, A friend gave this to me when I was feeling a great deal of pain and it brought me lots of comfort. I, I hope it can, I hope I can, it can help you. <laughs> And as he sees that it is scripture from the Church of Avicen, he says, We'll see what sort of comfort I can get from this as he takes the book. <laughs> so, there's this other set of doors that I drew. If you want to, you could go over to the far side, which would be, if you're looking from the temple going in, it would be the right-hand side. I imagine that's where we would want to go next. Okay, so going over there. The temple seems to mirror itself in many ways. So here on the other side, you have a very similarly shaped room, except instead of werewolves and all of that on the inside, you have on the far side, about 10 feet removed from where the room curves into a semicircle, there's a hole. Is this in the wall or in the floor? In the floor that seems to go down. Is it like a perfect hole or like a... This seems like it was something that kind of collapsed from down below. Is it worth us to... Is it worth our time to investigate and see if there's another room of scrolls here? Couldn't hurt. And she'll gesture for Balfour to take the floor because she has no idea how he found the first one. So, Balfour, go ahead, roll me another investigation or perception. Either case, you're going to double your proficiency bonus. 21. That'll do. This time, it's further towards the back where this secret door is. And as you push this door open, there's a small wave of dust that comes out. And as you look inside of here, you can tell that these scrolls were, if anything, even more ancient. And even just the act of disturbing the air inside of here 
has disrupted all of these to the point where they have collapsed into dust. Suppose there's nothing for it then? Not meant to read them anyways, I guess. We found out a great deal from them in the other one. We did. More than I ever could have dared to hope. Where to next? And with that, we're going to switch our perspective over. Bart, from last time, you got carried away by Lord Streffenmauer. And in the meantime, after arriving at Mauer Estate, had a little bit of time to explore. Now, rather than going through last time like we did, and going through each individual room that you have progressed through and muddled your way in and out of, just know that there are plenty of traps that have been had. And when we, if we come to the point of you guys exploring Mauer Estate, you will know many of the traps before they are fully revealed to the rest of the group. So, with that in mind, at some point, you end up figuring out that there are not just doors that are open and available, but there are also secret doors here in Mauer Estate. Hmm. And through this, you can find secret passages, whole other wings of the castle, some of which you go into and some of which you find are guarded. But at some point, you end up going into some of the upper areas before you fully get to the spires and find your way to Streffenmauer's study. And the way that you ended up finding this was something of a secret staircase, if I'm reading this correctly. So there is a grand spiral staircase that is open in the center. It's seriously, it's like a 30-foot circle that just spirals. And as you follow it up, at some point it leads to kind of the outer curtain wall overlooking the servant's courtyard and the carriage area. And following along on the outside, you end up finding that there's another set of doors. And going in, you see that this is kind of the master suite of the castle. And as to how you haven't run into Lord Streffenmauer yet is such an amazing surprise to you. You go past through the bedchamber and through an open doorway it leads into this 40 foot square room very very warm and welcoming fire here that brings a light to the room and bart being someone who loves stories and books more than most people this place is Candyland ancient tomes ranging through a variety of subjects multiple I literally just lost the word the thing that you put a book on to read it lectern yes multiple lecterns throughout the room and in the center of the room there's a large table that is set that is offset so that the corners point towards the doorways on either end and at the at each of these corners is another lectern on the far side of which from you there is a book that is slightly floating above that is open that seems to turn its own pages back and forth back and forth he is going to marvel at the depth of this library and then once his vision lands on that floating book 
he's going to be drawn to it and he's going to move around the table to approach it and look and try and gauge what the contents of this book are. And as you start heading towards the book, a couple of other pieces catch your eye. There's a couple of fireplaces in here, one of which directly above has a portrait of, you would swear it's Irina, but it's not in any sort of clothing that you recognize. And looking at that gives you pause on your way to the book. As you hear a voice from one of the chairs go, Curious piece of artwork, isn't it? And Streffenmauer stands and looks at you and says, Have you been enjoying your stay? It has been insightful. <laughs> you have quite the menagerie of rooms and entertainments in this, in this estate. Well, I need something to keep the long years entertaining. The thing that I find the most entertaining, though, are those who travel here. You of which are but one of many distractions that I've had over the years. Now tell me, why is it that you've stopped playing our little game? Do I bore you? If I am to be completely honest, it is hard to find joy in a game that you can't win. It became very obvious very quickly where power in this valley lies. <laughs> As it should be. As I'm talking, I'm going to just sort of meander through the room, not trying not to make it look like I'm specifically going for the floating book, but so that I end up there so I can just nonchalantly glance down at it as we're talking. I'll tell you at the point of the conversation when you actually get there. All right. I understand that you have met with the Bitterheart Witches. Have they gleaned any sort of secrets to make the game more fair? Not really. Most yeah. everyone I talk to in this valley, they all kind of say the same thing. They're scared of you. And it's better to just submit, try to stay out of your way. They speak wisdom. As I'm learning. Well, then the question becomes, how do we make this more interesting for both of us? Because I'm not going to lie, Salins. I have found you to be the most entertaining person that has crossed my way in quite some time. I'm flattered, and he'll bow. <laughs> Curious collection, isn't it? It is, yes. And it's at about this point that you get up to the other world atlas as you presume it to be mm -hmm. that particular book there i find to be most frustrating it never seems to tell me anything the pages are always blank do you mind if i give it a look through frankly i feel like you found out enough about my place i would have you sit with me is he implying he wants me to come sit like on a chair next yes, to him? Yes, there are two chairs that are seated in front of this fireplace. Uh, Bartholomew will nod. He'll glance down at the book as he starts to move away just to try and get a look at it. But he will resent and come and sit. I want you to roll me an arcana check. 22. 22. Now I want you to roll me a deception check or a stealth check. Either one. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. Natural 20 deception. As you look down at the book, the pages don't stop turning. 
but there's a momentary, the slightest of pauses, where you see text in this book. From the briefest of glimpses that you have, you see the words 10th District and Krenko. Interesting. But even as that very barest of glimpses is seen, you manage to keep your composure through all the years of keeping composed about your own family. All of that training kicks in, and you keep a composure as you come and sit down next to Lord Streffenmauer. So, Salence, or would you prefer that I call you by your actual name? I will defer that decision to whatever you would prefer. <laughs> I feel that like the time for charades is done, Bartholomew. Avenant. I would prefer to be honest, if I may. By all means. <laughs> now, I honestly do not know what brought you out here. But I know that it has something to do with me. Considering that you know something of the layout of my keep... The question becomes what to do with you. Letting you go free gives you a massive advantage, should you decide to come back. I will be the first to tell anyone I meet the merit that there is in knowledge and the power that it can give a person. But I am wise enough to recognize that knowing something is not the same as being able to do something about it. I may know bits and pieces about your home, but I don't know how to get in here. I wouldn't know the first thing about guiding someone through here. Even if I was able to find something I wanted in here, you would know, and I recognize that. What do you propose then? I mean, clearly I'm the one in power. What would you have me do with you? What I would prefer to be the result of this wonderful exchange that we're having. <laughs> it would, of course, be to allow me to return to my friends. There is business with them that I would very much like to see completed. Not really pertaining to you, just internal stuff amongst the group. You do realize that they've gone and taken... Elbrus, the binding blade of Withengar, into the very heart of darkness, into the breach, as it was called in ancient times, to the fount of all evil. Withengar could be such a source of knowledge, if used properly. If he were to escape his bonds, that would be far worse. It seems we've found something we can both agree on. Well then, I have ways of getting around here, as you could tell. If I were to let you use it, what would I get out of it? The promise that I would do everything in my power to keep Withengar locked away. But not destroyed? If destroyed is possible, I would love for that to be the result. <laughs> Oh, so gallant of you. Suppose that's the risk I must take, then. If you don't mind, I will blindfold you for this journey. You found out enough secrets. If I may. Bartholomew will not and stand. 
And with that, he blindfolds you, takes you down the stairs, and to a different part of the castle. You feel a tugging, and suddenly it's cold. And you're back at the guard tower at the border post, at the very edge of the Needle Eye Pass. I hope this makes things more interesting for both of us, Bartholomew. I certainly hope so as well. Go find them, and take note of my mercy. And with that, he's going to transform into a swarm of bats and fly away. And that's where we'll leave off this time, on Fireside Dice. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Fireside Dice. This podcast is produced by Realms of Roleplaying. Intro and outro music was created by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios, and all other music and sound effects was created by Monument Studios. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please give our show an honest review on your podcast platform of choice. And for more behind-the-scenes content and updates for the show, follow us on Instagram at Fireside Dice Pod. We'll see you all in the next episode. What if we're just attacking two hobos and their dog? That would be so sad. Hey. It was their fault for being here. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> it's not our fault our DM said roll for initiative. Don't okay. hide in the Moon Silver Temple. Are werewolves our friends? Yeah, no, not anymore. You just stabbed I mean, one of them. I could okay. stop. I could stop and be like, I'm no, really, really sorry. Uh... Oh, it's a little late for that, I think. I became the murder hobo I never wanted to be in the world.